0: We didn't stop the fire. Hello we and welcome to... to Of the People. I'm Robert Chernin.
1: And I'm Erica Reddick.
0: And we are back for another episode of News Politics. And as usual, our large, large Erica.
1: Extremely, extremely large. There you go, talking about size again.
0: Irreverence, but we're here.
1: So, we need a lot of irreverence today, Robert. I'm telling we, you, we right
0: do. Now. So, I want to just let some people know we're having a special guest. Yes. Next episode. Next episode. Next segment. I'm yes. Screwed that up, but that's okay. Next. Next segment. <laughs> Jay Shepard, RNC committee man, deep political insider. You don't want to miss that. And of course, in the news this week. The Durham Report. We're going to oh, cover that golly. in the third segment of our show. Good so golly. stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. And I can already feel you getting revved up for that. But oh,
1: I am, I am ripped, Robert. I am just, I am beside myself.
0: You mean there's two of you?
1: I literally there's like six you be of beside, me. That's how beside myself I am.
0: Does your husband know full, about this?
1: Wait, how many people play basketball on the court? I'm, I, I got a full court press. I'm so beside Five. myself. Got it. So, 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 so let's hold the correctly. full full I press
0: the until <laughs> segments two or three. Um and 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 remember, Mr. Shepard is a guest on this show. <laughs> so even though he's a deep political insider and I know you hate deep political inside stuff, you know, he's a guest. But I know but, but before we go there, I I wanna go back to, you know. And if I sing right, I left my heart in San Francisco. Remember, we were talking about San Francisco.
1: Oh no, are they back in the news again this week?
0: Well, they they are back in the news. Well, first of all, Dave Chappelle, the comedian, yeah. basically did a show in San Francisco and basically said what the, and I can't use that word, but it starts when an F. Happened here, you know. He said this place is now you know half it's mm. half Glee and and it's half you know um you know uh, what's what's that show with all with all the um androids and uh, not the androids the um so sci- you know the guys that come back from the dead what are those the, what, Oh, what are they zombies
1: called? like the yeah, walking zombie. dead or whatever yeah, the
0: walking right yeah but but i want to stay with san francisco because it just seems uh, with california because it just seems like everything happens mm-hmm. in california so and, and it is such the i mean people call it the west coast right i call it the left coast um <laughs> you know just <laughs> that whole political thing but it, you I mean, know uh, yeah but and it, the ch- whole check the this whole out. coast even really. Check, but check this out. I want your reaction to this because okay. I was just not to get you stirred up. So there's a restaurant, in, I think it's called Rainbow Oaks in Fallbrook, California, okay. where the national anthem was playing on TV, and several people, you know, twenty people in the restaurant got up, and stood up, put their hands over their heart, you know, oh. when the national anthem was playing. Yeah. This caused one of the wait staff to absolutely revolt and say, This is dystopian. How could they do that? This is like this is like something out of a sci-fi, you know, horror movie.
1: The national out- anthem?
0: Right. But only in California, <laughs> right? So so <laughs> have we gotten to the point where when people because I understand that, right? People stand for the national anthem. I mean, that's a sign of respect for your country. But does, does there's nothing that shows you the great divide? more like, than that
1: i that is i'm sorry that is super funny that is that that is what te- okay <clears throat> okay right so so in california where there's Rainbow literally o- there's way, apps, Rainbow Oka, right where there's literally apps so you can report and avoid human feces and like drug paraphernalia and they think that the sign of a dystopian nightmare is some Patriots standing for the national Anthem. Mm-hmm. That That's is- why
0: it's the left coast. <laughs> They're left behind. I would like to leave them behind. Right. So
1: I'm just saying if, if we do have a a, a national divorce as, as, as some people are calling for, I here's here's my proposal, Robert, we give them, the west coast uh we give them the west coast it's it is uh you know it's on that side is china and russia right so we got problems over there anyway um all the states up the left coast washington oregon california they're all crazy they've all lost their mind what was it oregon just passed was uh was it Oregon or Washington with the with the where it's legal to, to bring your child there from out of state and do uh gender reaffirming care, even if the other parent like you can kidnap your kid to that state basically? Excuse me. Vermont that's just ver- passed it too. I, I was gonna
0: say, that's Vermont, isn't it?
1: Vermont passed it too. Um it's either Washington or Oregon also passed something like that. Um oh my God. Yeah, we just okay. Can we all agree to just forfeit? the West coast, Oregon, Washington, and California. And then all the rest of us, we have the rest of the country to live like normal human beings. Can we do that?
0: Well, unfortunately it's not contiguous, right? The land masses, you know, work works for me, which, I mean, think about it. You know, this whole thing with title 42 on the border, right? You know, so I was talking to some people and I was like, look, if border language and culture defines a country, then I guess we have no country right? Because we certainly have no borders, unless of course you count the Atlantic and Pacific ocean, but North and South, you know, the borders are porous. Oh, we don't yeah. have a common language. And based on the fact that, and it was posted on TikTok that this woman found it to be offensive and dystopian and something, you know, you know right out of a, a sci-fi horror novel that these people stood mm-hmm. for the national anthem. No, you know, the gracious. thing that, that gets me, so I went to school in Canada and no, I was not draft, you know, dodging the draft. But uh-huh. <laughs> I went to school in Canada. Okay. And I had a group... Coming back to America, when I understood the Canadian system, and I understood, and I lived there for five years, um, mm-hmm. and I understood how we were viewed by the rest of the world, I came back more patriotic, not mm-hmm. less. So it, it amazes me. And, of course, it's, it's all things California. I mean, right? So... You know the other thing in the news in California, I and mean, we're starting with the WTO section about the outrage. They now, you know, the what was it? The the state put together the reparations task force mm, to discuss yeah, reparations up
1: in Oakland and well, San actually, San it was th- throughout this throughout the state. Oh, They've now the issued state. their
0: findings. They've issued their findings, and one of their lead findings is they want an apology from Ronald Reagan for the term "welfare queen" because it's race. It was racist back then. I kid you not.
1: What does that
0: have to? Well, they want a lot that, of things. They want they want one point two million two race? million dollars. They want an apology because there aren't enough black uh, uh, doctors and lawyers in California. And wait, gets gets even better. So this is exactly what they said. And you you know okay. you know me. Yeah. You don't believe what what I say. Don't go believe right your lion eyes. Go, right. Go right to the source. So okay. so these guys have said, the legislature must formally apologize on its own behalf. And on behalf of the state of California, for all the harms delineated, I need some light here, facilitated, enhanced, and permitted the institution of chattel slavery and its legacy and the ongoing badges and incidents of slavery that form the systemic structures of discrimination and imbuing racial prejudice throughout society through segregation, public and private discrimination and unequal distribution of state and federal funding. And on top of that, they want an apology from Ronald Reagan or from the state, because Reagan was governor, for the term welfare queen because it's racist. I (laughs) I mean, you just – this is what they're spending their time on. You have people who are offended by people who stand for the national anthem, and they want an apology apology plus money, of course.
2: Of course. In California
0: because – of systemic of, of racism, the original sin according to them in the country. So I got one one other point for you. I yeah. want your comment. You know the only okay. I have lots of issues with that, but you know the real issue? Tell me. There was never any slavery in California.
1: That's ever. what I was like, I was like I was like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, wait a second. They want an apology for chattel slavery or whatever, but right. California literally never had slavery in its charter. Right. So what are what what are,
0: yeah. what are they apologizing uh, 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 um, for? I, I see you're still getting your lips to work today.
1: <laughs> I don't understand. I like it's. There's <sighs> some of this stuff that again that is so upsetting, Robert. What's the number they came up with for this? Like seven hundred trillion, trillion dollars. No, it was going to be like.
0: Oh, you mean the total cost?
1: Yeah, it was going to be more than the entire eight, 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 world 800, GDB. Eight, eight,
0: Well, no, 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 it was $800 billion and Governor Newsom has backed off that because Governor Newsom empowered the state uh, legislature to form this committee. And then when the committee gave their results and he saw the price tag, he's now backed off on, on it and saying, well, we really can't afford that. Right. (laughs) So it's just, um, only in California and Uh, you just can't make this stuff up. And then we
1: don't, and again, we still don't end up having conversations about real actual problems. No, we're, of course. Not. We're so distracted talking about th- something that is unreasonable and unrealistic and ridiculous, and and really ultimately just more welfare in the end. If you don't like being called a welfare queen, it's interesting that you don't, uh that you're coming out with your handout demanding money, but whatever. Um, it just it it just is a distraction to me from what the real problems are and the and the areas that we can make real change and have real growth in this country and uh and it's just a shame
0: well but but let's talk about this whole welfare queen concept for a second yeah. so reagan says this in the 60s when he was governor i think it was like 67 or 69 and he then used it again very effectively when he was running for president in in 72 And I'm sorry, in seventy six and eighty, I think it was seventy six and eighty. I got to get my numbers right, right? But the whole concept was that there were these people who were living solely on the government dole, and the more money you got, the more the more children you had. I'm sorry, the Mm -hmm. more money, welfare money you got from the government, living on the public dole, and it 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 was a symbol of irresponsibility, and but it was also a symbol of government. overreach. So right. what they ended up hang on, so what they ended up saying again about about this woman, let me get let me get to my little piece of paper here because you know with me with my notes, is <laughs> welfare clean is a racist term to denigrate primarily single black women who live on government benefits. So forget about the, gen, the the you know the racial component here. Just the fact that some people were living solely on the government dole, and that was okay. Like the government. I mean, we're going back to Obama money, right? I'm going to get me some of that Obama money. Remember that? Yes. You're going to live on the government dole. I mean, why is that okay? So, this whole welfare queen concept, which I guess if Anheuser Bush stock drops anymore, they might, you know, be the next welfare queen. But who knows? So, um, what do you think about that?
1: I, you know, I don't. I remember hearing that term welfare queen a uh, long time ago, and it never had anything to do with race. Um, I grew up in Vermont, which at the time of of my youth was predominantly white. It still is. But back then it was like 99.9% white. And so this... It's oh my God, it's just more and more separation of people. Oh, more reason to think that somebody's a racist and oh we gotta divide each other and oh we gotta whoa oh well oh Reagan, you better apologize. Right? We gotta tear down all of the heroes of the right because Reagan was really just a terrible person. And it it like the whole point. You know what, Robert? Really, what I think it is, we need to bring shame back. <laughs> I think oh, the idea—I think that this idea that uh, that we are getting rid of shame in our culture, or that th- that there's something wrong with shaming people for bad behavior—I think is a real problem. Um, wait,
0: wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a slippery slope. Look, and, and I, I wanted to let you finish, but that's a slippery slope. Shaming people is like canceling people. Right. Mm. The whole cancel culture. That's a really slippery slope to to go to go down. Mm -mm. I don't mind. I don't mind, you know, um, vociferous debate. Right. I don't mind having really rigorous out in the open debate in the public square. Bring it on. Part of my argument is the other side, the other camp, as we call them, cannot hold an argument at all, which is why they try to silence everything through political correctness. Yeah, but that's
1: not the same. Like what, cancel culture and shame are not the same thing. What, What there has been an attempt at in our culture is to say that all behavior and all ways of being are equally the same and have equally the same value. And they do not. And so this idea that, we shouldn't take pride in the things that we do, that we shouldn't have pride in our country, that we shouldn't have pride in our work and things like that. And and we should get rid of all shame. And that means all behavior and all everything is equally as okay. Uh, I think does extreme harm to our society. And I'm not saying we should run around like wagging our finger and being mean to people and rah, 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 rah. But I think that it is okay, and I think that it is necessary to call out behavior that is harmful to society, that is harmful to culture, and harmful to the people engaging in the behavior. That is where, that is I think why we see such a rise in some of this um, dependency on the government. There's now no shame In being dependent on the government, there's no shame in saying, you know what? I'm just not going to work. I'm not I mean, young people nowadays, they're like, screw this. I'm just not going to work. I'm going to stay on unemployment and live off of uh, whatever I can live off of during the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. So I hear what you're saying about, you know, cancel culture being a problem. Bringing shame back and, you know, shame and cancel culture, not the same thing.
0: I don't think that shame is something that you can foist or force upon someone. I think shame is something you either feel or you don't. I think Mm -hmm. the real issue, I think there's two issues. I think you hit one of the two issues. The first issue is, uh, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. There is no mm-hmm. right and wrong. That's sort of mm-hmm. like life springs yeah. and S from the 80s, which is, well, that works for you, man, but that's not my truth, right? And that's sort <laughs> of permeated from the West Coast to the left coast back East, right? That's. But the other part of it is they don't teach civics. How can you mm-hmm. have pride in your country? How can you have pride in yourself if you're not taught that, if you're not Correct. taught about the, the honor and the history of your country, if you're mm-hmm. not taught about those things, which again, when I went to school in in Canada, right, it helped because I got to see my country from a third uh, world, well, third world, <laughs> from a, another country's perspective. I guess <laughs> Canada probably sleep. is a third world, especially with, <laughs> with Trudeau there, but that's a whole different conversation, right? So um, it's just, it starts with education, right? And there's this whole issue with obviously we've talked about whether it's CRT and it's mm. you know mutilating children and transgender by the way my my the hopping Hobbit is back in the news again did you did you miss her well she is she hops a lot and she's a hobbit what do you want for my life I love it so so Randy it. Weingarten the, the, Huff, right? the, the, the president of the American Federation of Teachers is basically now reaching out to all her members and, te- and with this new contract they have with Life, whatever the company is, to help them um, eliminate any social media posts that could be controversial. How do you like them
1: apples? What?
0: Oh, yeah. Look Wait. it up.
1: Wait, so from- they're
0: concerned. They're concerned, right? Because because now people are, you know, look what when you want to research someone, what do you do? You go to their social media. When a teacher mm-hmm. makes a statement, you go to their social media, and then oh, lo and behold, you see all these posts about talking about these, mm-hmm. you know, you know, white Christo, yep. you know, Christo or however you pronounce it, fascist, right? That kind right. of thing. Um, so they're trying to whitewash or they're trying to eliminate all these posts in people's social media. So one of the missions now, you know, big education which is what it is, mm-hmm. has gone to their membership and said, let us help you to get rid of any potentially controversial social media posts. Because as if they're going to go underground and that way, you know, we're going to be able to continue control of education because you're not going to know who the bad teachers are. I mean, isn't that what she's saying?
1: It feels like, uh, I think it's, yeah, how to how to subvert um parental they're under fire
0: they're under under fire now because
1: parents are now pissed off and they're paying attention they're going to their teachers social media pages they're looking at these things they're seeing what's happening and what's being said and i I mean this uh, i hate to keep invoking george orwell but there's so much happening what is it that goes in and uh isn't there like a, that's a whole thing where you go back into the paper and you like actually change the information. And, uh, I, I mean, that's,
0: I believe they call that <sighs> editing.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I'm just, <laughs> <sighs>
0: Alright, it's just
1: the, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Right? I agree. And so this is the thing is r- sunlight really and transparency. Garden, is not stupid, right? We 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 say a lot of times that our political opponents are stupid. We call them names, but, but they're not. These are not stupid people. They're very astute. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten to the positions right. that they have, and they wouldn't have the control and the power that they do. And so what they're saying is, hey, you guys, your personal opinions and things and you being so authentic with your emotions and what you believe – kind of causing us a problem. Mm. So we're going to go ahead through and we're going to decide what's appropriate for you to have said or not. And we're just going to clean it up for you. Okay. Mm. Okay. What they're
0: trying to do is game the system. It basically, and they're trying to, again, control the message, right? Isn't that what they do in education? They're trying Mm -hmm. to control the message because they don't want teachers because they know better than than parents do and they don't want teachers to be influenced by the parents they want teachers to be influenced by the curriculum that the you know a aft or the nea puts out because they know better how to raise your children look it goes back to the original point we were talking about about shaming uh, or about civics and education um, and those and those kinds of things right there is no moral right or wrong anymore they've broken that down you know, we talked about it, right? First, you go after man's laws, and then you go after God's laws, and yeah. part of that yeah. is also control education. So I just think it—it it, it's under the radar. Most people didn't see the article. I read this crap incessantly, right? I mean, just to yeah. see what's out there, and I just found it to be so disingenuous that now, under the guise of well, you know, I don't think the same way I did 15 years ago, so I should be able to sort of, you know, I don't want my history out there forever for people to see. I need—I should be able to edit what people can see on my social media so they only see what I want you to see which is mm. ridiculous but but it's part of the problem it's 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 uh, they're not dumb people you're right they're smart and that's why they're doing this.
1: Well, that's Folks, right. speaking I, of smart
0: people we're, we're getting we're getting our we got to go to break war- warning. Yeah. I want you to stay tuned. Next segment we have the honorable Jay Shepard, national committee man And Deep Political Insider, this is going to be a fun conversation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The politicians in Washington don't care about you. While they argue and bicker and do nothing, our country is falling apart. And our cherished freedoms, they're being stripped away one right at a time it's time to do something about it the american center for education and knowledge is fighting back to restore america join us in our fight to defend american exceptionalism and defend the constitution go to ASICFund.org to learn more that's a-c-e-k-f-u-n-d dot do it now hi i'm robert chernin and i'm erica reddick and we are of the people Join us on WUVR 1490 on your AM dial. That's Thursdays, 9 a.m., Saturdays, 3
1: p.m. And WNTK 99.7 FM. Listen in. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show on WNTK and WUVR on the radio in New Hampshire. Just a reminder that you can also find us on social media. Some of the more spicy takes and uh, you might get a little bit more energy uh, and some of the things that we can't talk about on the radio. So you can find of the people on Rumble, that's the best place, at Robert Chernin. Okay, so we're on Robert Chernin's channel on Rumble And uh, again, that's where you're going to find our spicy takes, our hot takes, things that you're not going to hear on the radio. We've got a YouTube channel too, you guys, but these days, YouTube, uh, we're getting community guideline strikes left and right, even when we're telling the truth. So join us on Rumble. That's where the movement, the free speech movement is happening. You can also find us on Twitter, shorts on YouTube, uh, the things that we can say, Uh, great opportunities to share. Share the message and keep people engaged. Twitter, it's RB Churnin to get Robert. For me, it's Erica Reddick. That's E-R-I-C-K-A-R-E-D-I-C because I know y'all spell my name wrong. I know you do. I know you do. It's okay. I love you anyway. I love you. So find us on social media. Get those spicy takes on Rumble. And again, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to all these social media channels Help us fight the big tech overlords and make sure this message gets shared.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin. And I'm Erica Reddick. Thank you so much for staying with us. We are excited this segment to have with us. Jay Shepard, national, longtime national committeeman for the Republican National Committee, the national director for the Catholic Advisory to the Republican National Committee. He was part of the Trump uh, out, Catholic outreach for the last re-election. Uh, just a longtime, deep political insider. Mr. Shepard, mm. welcome to Of the People.
2: It's a pleasure to be on your show. I've heard really good things about Of the People, and I also believe that from my research, you are the fastest growing, has the fastest growing radio audience in all of New Hampshire. That's great to hear. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: Thank, thank, thank you for that. We we try hard, and I have to give a lot of credit to my co-host who um, really spices things up from time to time. I couldn't do it without Erica for sure. So, so Mr. Shepard, uh, you, is, um, do you mind if we call you Jay?
2: I prefer it or handsome either way.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I keep vying for handsome with Erica. It doesn't quite work, but I want I want to jump right into this because of your experience and because of your background with Catholic outreach and just you know uh, um, supporter of faith, you know, in in the country. We've talked a lot in this show about the war on religion, and specifically, we think Christianity in particular. You know, obviously Judaism as well, but I think front and center, this whole effort by the Biden administration to really go after what they call, you know, sort of that white Christian and they always throw the word supremacist in there, which I think is a crock, but that's my own take on it. So, I mean, do you feel the way we do that? There's, there is a, an overt war on religion in this country, basically coming in large part from this administration.
2: Well, I think that it's a, an extension of the entire plan that's based around critical theory. We hear a lot about mm. critical race theory. But if you dig, dig deeper into critical theory, that it's a destruction of religion. And I think it's the goal of this administration, Biden and his, his minions, to destroy religion because they cannot create a society that's based on communism and socialism with a strong base of religion. So one of the the cornerstones of creating communism and socialism is to destroy religion, because they want to take us away from being a spiritual animal and try to turn us into an economic animal. And they can't do that without destroying the foundations of spirituality, which which are the churches and the synagogues and the mosques in this country. So that's all part of an overall plan for them that's designed to take us to a socialist state.
0: Interesting. So, we often talk about here that wokeism is a new religion, or it's it's being put forth as as something other than a religion. But in fact, it really is. It has all the hallmarkings of religion. Is there a nexus here between between what you just said about this, the intent of this administration, and wokeism as sort of the one of the tools?
2: I, I think that it is, Robert. One of the things that you'll see in wokeism is that they want you to have a belief system. And it's a belief system that is not based around a spiritual being. It is not based around God. So what they're doing is they're trying to bring it in as a religion. And that's why wokeism, like Judaism and Catholicism, uh, you know they want to get away from the wokeness and, and get it into the isms. And what they're really trying to do is to take us away from religion. I think if you look at the latest numbers You know, 37% of people in the last five years have gone away from traditional religion. So it's working for them. So they bring in the climate change. They bring in all these new ideas based around wokeism to make sure that they have control over the thoughts and processes of our younger people. And it's working for them. So you're going to see much more of it continue. It's based on some of the behavioral science research that was brought in by the Obama people back, back in 08, 07. Uh, where they really look how to manipulate people, and wokeism is, is the result of that. And this administration right now is going overboard in terms of trying to accelerate all of the wokeism, and that's all all goes back part back to the part of destroying religion as we know it. And the basis of our wokeism is very thin layer. So one of the next steps after they get people turned on to wokeism is that they'll destroy wokeism as well, and by mm. Doing that, it makes people more and more reliant upon government, which gives opens the door for them to create a communist state.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up. Explain something to me on this. Okay, I, I followed most of that, but they're going to destroy wokeism when, and how, and why.
2: Wokeism is a transition. It's just mm-hmm. transition people away from religion into another set of beliefs. Once they find out that those set of beliefs left them empty. It opens the door for people to become more reliant upon government itself. And because that's they're the so disoriented. Goal. Oh, it's almost
1: like it's so disoriented, right? We we remove the truth. Um, I think Robert, in one of our segments last week, what was it like 60 or 70 percent of churches don't teach the biblical worldview anymore? So right. it so Jay, if we then move people to wokeism and that becomes the new Thing where people find stability and then they remove that. there really isn't anything left but government or you know that's how people will see it.
2: You're absolutely right. People are mm. dependent upon organizations they of other people and they're going to find themselves wandering aimlessly and you're going to find a leader, I don't know if I want to call it an antichrist, but a leader to come and say, I'm Jim Jones, and I'm the government, and I'm the only one that can give you guidance and direction. I'm the only one that can provide spirituality to you. And that's their overall mm-hmm. goal. What they fail to realize, and the Soviet Union went through it, Russia went through it, all China's going through it to some degree, is that we are not economic animals. We are spiritual animals, and we believe because there are there is truly one God. And to worship that one God is really the true answer. And I think, it's going to take us a long time we're gonna fight through a lot of this until uh we actually become stronger in our faith uh, but the country's going to go through an awful lot before we get there mm. well um, I
1: think it's interesting Jay just to remind everybody that um the fall of the Roman Empire was happening when Jesus Christ was uh doing his ministry so it it there's there's a there are extra parallels that I think are really interesting for people. If you look again at history, the fall of Rome was happening when, when uh, this new religion was burgeoning when the, when the Messiah came. And so, uh, you know, I think it is important to see the, the correlation between government and, and people and religion and people's desire to have, uh, some semblance of foundation of uh, of truth and stability and they're good they're going to be looking for it and so who's going to answer that call is it going to be the government or is it going to be the church and i'm really curious to see what's going to happen
2: well and that's why we have to fight back and we have to believe in we have to protect uh religious freedom in this country mm-hmm. it's vital it's vital right, first amendment it's right there with freedom of speech because it is the same. The one the one thing that I want to point out, when you take a look at some of these leaders that don't believe in God, and when they believe nine month abortions, taking the life of a child on a regular basis is okay. And in no real moral compass, it's because they don't believe in God. And when you don't believe in God, you sometimes start to believe that you are God. You know, the Bible says we should all be little gods and we should be all little Christians and all of that. But this is different. They're talking about themselves, and they believe that they truly have the power of God because they can influence people and they can make decisions that take life away. Uh, and so you'll, you'll see it regularly in these people that become very arrogant within their own status because they've lost the faith in God. Hmm. And it's, it's horrible to see. You see the people like Biden and Pelosi and these other people using God and using faith to try to justify what they're doing but they are, they're godless people mm. and they are really just trying to become gods themselves.
0: Mm. Appreciate that, Jay. That That's, that's good, good to think about. And I think you're correct. Let, let me segue for you because I want to get to sort of um, the current political environment. Obviously we're in the middle of a primary season uh, we we as Republicans or we as conservatives haven't done really well the last three cycles. I mean, you, mm-hmm. certainly 2018, 2020, and you can even argue, as many have, that 2022 we underperformed. And I know as a national committee man, you take you know great pride in you know helping to field good candidates, raise the money we need, you know guide the RNC as it guides sort of the political process, but. How are, how come, and this is sort of a wide open question, why aren't we doing better on election day? Because we seem to, I think we win the hearts and minds and even the the pocketbooks. There's a lot of people now have supported conservative causes, but we're we're not winning in Novembers. Mm. What's your take on that?
2: Well, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. And quite honestly, the Democrats have done a better job than we have. They've convinced people of their, their values, uh, that they're listening, that they care more than the Republicans do. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an overall lack of understanding by Republicans that there's more to it than just being right. That we have to spend more time doing the nuts and bolts. The Democrats have done a very good job of taking over our elections. Uh, mail-in ballots are, are changing uh, the way people vote It's changing the amount of people who are voting um, and, and not in a good way. You know, one of the things that you'll see is that turnout, they keep talking about turnout is better. Well, what's happened in the past is that a lot of people, quite honestly, were not paying attention. They didn't have the energy or the excitement to go in and show up on election day to vote. But now that they have a piece of paper in their house, it's easier for them to fill it out and just mail it in because they're not committed to the process. They're not doing the homework. They're not listening. And it makes it much easier for the uninformed voter to vote. And when they're told by the media, which pretty well is controlling a lot of the election messaging in this country right now, that they should be voting for the liberal Democrats because they care more about these people. They care more about uh, giving something. Mm-hmm. uh but in the long run, it's, it's a weak message by the Democrats, but we have to do better as Republicans of getting that message out. We don't do the ballot harvesting uh, that the Democrats have done. Uh, one of the, the tough things is the morality of our party. We believe in doing the things that are right. The Democrats, however, believe in doing the things that give them the best advantage. And we can't sit back any longer and just let them get away with doing the dirty tricks the dirty deeds the whether it's election integrity or something else uh, and not playing in the same game and we're not doing the work necessary to push the limits the way the democrats are pushing the limits on what's legal and what isn't
1: well and it's there they seem to be willing to lie too i mean you you know the reports that have come out in the news the last week with the um uh, uh you know the joint chiefs or whatever that we now know the biden campaign solicited and then had you know administrative state actors basically cultivate a lie to help him win an election and i'm asking i literally i listened to that and i was like that sounds like a coup so if if well, democrats think- <laughs> are willing to lie and basically have a deep state coup in order to win the presidency. And us Republicans are over here being like, we got to tell the truth and have integrity.
2: That's a That's a challenge for us. One of the other things that uh, Democrats do very well, and I think you've just seen it with the Soros committing four, $500 million uh, to the causes. Uh, they form C4s. They form other political action groups. You know, one of the things Soros is doing now is what he calls social impact initiatives, creating businesses that are going to be involved in basically in moving election messaging and giving somebody something so that they'll go along and vote with the left. So we don't do that as Republicans. Uh, There are a few cases here and there where we've got some strong C4s, but they're using outside influences. And one of the things that Citizens United did is it opened the doors up for all kinds of outside money. Resource can now spend $500 million in the upcoming between now and 2024, where if I want to give money to one of the presidential candidates that's coming up, I can give $6,600. So when you talk about how many $6,600 it takes to match $500 million from one person that wants to influence uh, the electoral uh, votes, it's no comparison. And here's a man who wants socialism. He wants communism. He believes that communism and socialism is great. And it certainly is if you're at the top of the heap. Uh, we look at any country, you know, Castro lived very, very well. Putin lives very, very well. So you and your comrades can do very, very well. And the money part of it just gives you more status and more power. And that's what the Democrats have been using. They've been using these organizations. They've been using these big money funders to change the way people receive messaging and to make promises to them that should not be made.
0: So, you, you know, you talk about informed voters or people who are voting that are basically, I mean, let's let's call it what it is. They're lazy. They, they wouldn't make the effort to vote and, and do their civic responsibility unless, of course, someone hand delivers them a ballot or harvests the ballot for them. Right, and I'm not asking you to endorse a candidate, but there is one, not, one person running on the Republican side, Vivek uh, uh, Ramaswamy. You have to pronounce that for me,
1: Ramaswamy.
0: Ramaswamy. Thank you. You know, new set of lips today. He put out a proposal that he felt there should be a change to the constitution where only people who were 25 years of old or older should vote be able to vote unless, here's the caveat, unless you've served in the military or in some first responder capacity. Um, and it's an interesting concept because I would argue that the voters, are a lot of people are not informed. I mean, we get our news in sound bites, as you know, most people don't participate in the process. Obviously, getting a constitutional amendment, you know, Jay, is going to be difficult. What do you think about that?
2: You know, I I have a lot of respect for Mr. Ramaswamy. I believe, though, his proposal on the 25-year-olds voting is, is really off base. And to change the Constitution would be a disaster, especially in that area. Because what he's really saying is that you can earn the right to vote. I think a democracy and a constitutional republic that we have, you do not have to earn the right to vote. It's no different than some of the Jim Crow laws and all of those kind of things mm-hmm. that went on in the past. So his concept of, you know, the informed voter and all of that, I agree with. But the concept of changing the Constitution so that you have to earn the right to vote if you want to vote before you're 25 years old, I think is misguided. And I think it was more of an attention getter. Uh, and it wasn't completely thought out the way that it should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, Jay, hold that thought. I know we only supposed to have you on for one segment. I know we have to go to break. We'd love to keep you on for the last segment. There's so many other things we want to talk to you about. Can you stay with us?
2: Uh, I can stay with you, Robert. Sure.
0: Good. Folks, you are listening to Of the People with Robert Chernin. And Eric Reddick. And National Committee man Jay Shepard, who's going to stay with us. we got to go make some money on the break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Tired of seeing your rights stripped away by the politicians in Washington? Do you feel like you're a red dot, alone in a sea of blue? Get connected. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is fighting back to restore America. Join us in our fight for American exceptionalism and start connecting to all the other red dots across the country. Go to ASICfund.org to learn more. That's A-C-E-K-F-U-N-D dot O-R-G do it now.
1: Shout out to this video sponsor, BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I need a little bit of help. I need a little support to work through some of the problems that I'm having, whether it's you know with my marriage or with a client or just general life things that happen. And so I've got a therapist and I suggest you get one too. So go to betterhelp.com slash generally irritable and start looking today for a therapist that has a specialty that you are looking for in particular. Over 20,000 licensed therapists on betterhelp.com. You have to be able to find somebody that you can get along with. Okay. You're going to go online. You're going to fill out a questionnaire. They're going to pair you with somebody that they think is going to be good for you. But here's the deal. If, if you have a, 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 an appointment and you're not feeling it, you can switch. Use my affiliate link, generally irritable, betterhelp.com, and that's betterhelp.com slash generally irritable. You're going to get a discount on your first month. They're going to get you signed up. Over 2 million folks have already reached out to use their secure online portal uh, and so visit them today, betterhelp.com.
0: America came into being based on a shared belief and a common set of values. Unlike other nations that were bound together based on common ancestry, race, or caste, we came into being based on a simple and shared set of ideals that the power of government is based on the consent of the governed, that life, The freedom to live life on our own terms, in our own way, free from government interference and liberty, our most precious value, and the pursuit of happiness, which means we are free to pursue that which we choose with the knowledge and courage to know that nothing is guaranteed to us in this life. Those values, America was founded on these basic inalienable rights. Freedom to pray to God in our own way, freedom to think and speak freely without fear of punishment or harm, and freedom to gather in our places of worship and in our local taverns, and freedom to defend ourselves, our families, our homes, and our neighbors as we see fit. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is dedicated to protecting American exceptionalism anywhere and everywhere it is threatened. ASIC is a 501c3 and depends on your tax-deductible donations. Please, help us continue our fight. Hello, and welcome back to Of the People. I'm Robert Chernin. And I'm Erica Reddick. And I'm happy to say that Jay Shepard, the National Committee man for the Republican National Committee from Vermont, has agreed to stay with us. Mr. Shepard, thanks for staying with us.
2: It's my pleasure. Uh, I thought uh, you offered some very good questions earlier, so I wanted to see what was next with you guys.
1: Mm, Well, well, I want to just wait, just wait. (laughs)
0: i want to continue on the path we're we're on though (laughs) can i do that
2: oh yeah it's your show i'm just here
0: um okay um actually (laughs) i think it's our show but that's okay in any event we talked about vivek ramaswamy i got that right Mm -hmm. and his proposal to raise the voting age it would Mm -hmm. require a constitutional amendment and there's been all this discussion that We can solve all our problems by just changing the constitution. And I know my (laughs) co-host is going to have a fire lit under when we open this, but I want your impression because I'm always scared that once you, if, if, if it's obviously, look, you would have to call a constitutional convention. It's provided for in the constitution, but there's a whole lot of gray area here. And I would just be afraid that if we open Pandora's box, no pun intended, that we might end up with something worse than what we have. And I know you, uh, you know, Eric, I have some thoughts on this, but I'd like to get Jay's take on the practicality. Is, the, is a constitutional convention really practical? And would it be part of the solution here for a country that is coming apart culturally, borders, language on every level? Jay, what about a constitutional con- convention?
2: Well, I, I think it's it's a lot grayer area than most people will want to admit. It has beautiful sound bites, you know. Let the let the people speak for themselves. I mean, your show is called "Of the People, uh, by the People, for the People." That sounds; those are great talking points. But the reality is that the Article Five Convention. I mean, it, you know, we use the Roman numeral the V, and I think. Uh, because there can be various types of article five conventions and the murkiness, the fact that we've never done it since 1787. uh, And it was a complete disaster and a complete change of events back in uh, 1787, that if it's anything like that one, then we've got some real issues and some real problems. And there's some technical issues and there are some questions that have to be answered. Uh, you know, really, if you read Article 5, it talks about Congress being very, very involved in this and what is, what is the role of Congress as far as who gets to be delegates, uh, what the subject matter is. You know, I, I think when we look back, the 1787 convention, the delegates went to that convention with the task of tweaking the Articles of Confederation. Uh, And what they ended up doing was trashing the Articles of Confederation and coming up with something all new. The opportunity for that to happen again is very open and very possible that we send delegates who, whether we can control them or not, whether who gets to select the delegates is all open questions. And they could come back and completely scrap our Constitution and start with something new, something different. Uh, The way the only other Article 5 convention has ever been done, which was to get rid of Articles of Confederation and come up with a constitution. It is dangerous. It is wrong for our country to do this. And there are so many unanswered questions that it can't, the logistics and how it would work is so up in the air and who gets to control it. And I think you're going to find as you dig deeper into it, that Congress has all the power and Congress has mentioned in Article 5, and they have the full authority. They are the ones that will call the convention. A lot of people think we get two-thirds of the states, so we get, you know, 34, 36 states, or whatever the number is that we need, and it's automatic. Well, it's not automatic. Congress still has to call it. So I think we've got some real challenges. So, uh, you know, a lot of people have... It is important...
1: It is important to uh, differentiate. There is a difference between a a, a constitutional convention and an article five convention. So I don't I don't want to take away from your concerns. Uh, The question I do believe was about calling a constitutional uh, constitutional convention, which is called by Congress or a congressional. So, so, Erica, what's the what's the difference? The difference is who who gets the say and where the choices and decisions are made so a constitutional convention is called by congress and then congress uh uh, suggests amendments to the constitution and then congress votes on it decides and makes the decisions an article five convention is called by the states yes maybe congress has to say okay we're gonna have it on tuesday um but it is called by the states. And the delegates to the convention are sent by the states, not Congress. They are not selected by Congress. They are not Congress uh, people. They are, they are people from the states chosen by the states. And three quarters of the states have to agree to ratify whatever amendments are suggested. So something, what I think is 38 states all have to agree That whatever changes were decided at the convention, they have to decide on that vote in their state, and then send that off to uh, to for ratification.
2: And again, I will. I I need to challenge you, Erica, before you go too much further. I know it's your show, but Article Five leaves it to Congress to call a convention for proposing amendments once two thirds of the state legislatures have applied for a convention that is very clear language it's very similar to the language of the second amendment that shall not be infringed Mm -hmm. it is very clear that article five leaves it to congress to call a convention for proposing amendments it also because congress is the one calling the convention it leaves it very open as to congress deciding who gets to decide who the delegates are So the legal ramifications of all of this are very clear that Congress still controls all Article Five conventions of the state. So we need to be very clear on what that language is to make sure because it is not clear and it has never been done before. So to believe that it's a grassroots movement is really wonderful. That gets us to asking Congress to call for the convention. But after Congress calls for the convention, it then allows Congress to control the convention. So we need to be very, very clear on how that would work. And I don't think, for instance, controlling who the delegates are and who selects them is not pointed out. It doesn't talk about whether it is one vote per state. Congress also could fight and pass wordage that would allow them to be the one that chooses the delegates to the convention. So it's a murky thing and it looks nice, you know, and pretty. And the people are going to speak up and stand, Congress still has the power and the authority, as Article Five clearly states. Well,
1: let me ask you this, Jay. First of all, I, I want to have a debate. I want to host a debate with you and Mark Meckler on this topic. And I think that we should try to plan something for one of our future ep- uh, episodes. How but, long,
0: how long is that episode? I know we might be? have, we might have to do that separate, <laughs> but Jay,
1: if, if you're unconvinced that a convention of the States will work, how do you recommend that we rein in this out of control federal government?
0: Can I answer that for Jake? Guns and gold. No, Please. just kidding. Mr. Shepard. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't resist.
2: It starts with us being an informed electorate. It, You know, everybody loves term limits. And, you know, I heard someone talk about term limits. And the congressman ran on term limits. He said, you know, six years. And in his 12th year, people said, why are you for term limits but you're still here? Well, I'm going to stay here because somebody needs to fight for them. I love that. I love that. Term limits. I love that. Term limits <laughs> We have term limits opportunities every two years. Mm-hmm. We are the people that are voting. You know, 97% of the people hate Congress, but 97% of Congress gets reelected every year. Mm-hmm. So everyone likes their congressman, but they don't like anyone else's. So what we have to do is we have to become an informed electorate. And that's, that's where we need to be establishing organizations and, and fight the Democrats tooth and nail over how we get our messaging out. Mm. We, we know that the government's been involved with a bunch of lies and how they're involved in Twitter and what Zuckerberg did with his Zuckerbucks and all of that to try to control elections. One of the saddest things I think is that we're all excited about Citizens United and how we thought it was gonna help us. It really has changed the world. And I think there has to be some challenges as to how we go back and readdress the whole Citizens United thing and what outside money can do. In its influence in our politics. There has to be changes, and either the American people have to step up and understand that they have to think about an overall best interest rather than their own personal interest. Mm-hmm. We hear, we see people all the time that government's gotten so big that are you going to vote for a continuation of government when you're still getting something from government? It makes it very, very difficult for people to do, and we have to do a much better job at cutting the size of government by electing people that care that government is controlling our lives. Hmm.
0: As Ronald Reagan said the larger the size of the federal government the less individu- individual freedoms we have. That's right. Absolutely right. abs- absolutely. I still think guns and gold by the way are are a good first start. Um there's a reason as I like to say that the second amendment is second you know everyone says the first amendment is the first for because it's most important. Well, the reason the Second Amendment is there is a backstop to the First Amendment, because in case people, in case the First Amendment fails or people try to steamroll the First Amendment, that's why you have the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms.
2: Well, let's Mr. hope Shepherd, we don't
1: get there. Let's hope we don't get there.
0: I agree. Mr. Shepard, Jay, if I may, thank you so much. This yeah. has been a great show. We actually didn't get to some of the things we wanted to talk with you about, but what we did talk about was extremely informative. And I can't thank you enough for your time and hope that you will come back again and be a guest on the show because debate or not about convention of states, there's a lot more we'd like to pick your brain on. Thank you for joining us. Well,
2: I'm, well thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm willing to come back when you need me.
0: Perfect. Thanks. Thanks so much. Folks, you have been listening to of the people. It's over this segment Means the show is over.
1: It makes me so sad.
0: I know. So sad. It's so sad.
1: How can I'm be Robert Chernin. I'm Erica Reddick. Thanks
0: so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Take care.